Well, welcome to week number three of Screens and Souls. If you haven't been here, this is your first week here. Maybe you're a guest or visitor because you're here with your family over Thanksgiving. You can catch weeks one and two uh, on our website uh, at 92 Ministries on our YouTube page. There are links that you can find it. And I really encourage you, if you're listening today, to also listen to those because without them, today doesn't make sense. In week one, we talked about the blessings that you can use screens and technology to leverage for the gospel. Both for our personal good, we can grow spiritually as we utilize screens, but we can also reach others, souls, for God through screens, technology. And that is a blessing. And we don't want to minimize that or undermine that. God's given us the ability and all the ingredients and the minds who came up with these things, they can be used for good. But there's also bad. And Pastor Mike and Pastor Bill talked about that last week, depending on what campus you were on. Which leads to today. If there's good and blessings, if there's bad and and danger, then, then probably somewhere in the middle, we need to acknowledge that it'd be wise and good to have boundaries. And so I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I don't know what you think of your screen and how you use it, but... This last week, I decided to, to just use my screen, my phone, like I ne- normally would. I didn't give it a second thought. And, and on Sunday morning, I would look back at the week and go to my phone, because you can find this out, and see how much time I spent on it. 5, point, five hours, 38 minutes a day. 39 hours during the week. It showed me where I used most of my time, 12 and a half hours on social media, seven hours basically crushing it on Candy Crush. <laughs> I spent a lot of time on, on sports apps like ESPN. Thank goodness my team lost yesterday. I won't have to do that much anymore. And when I looked at it this morning, I'm like, I might need some boundaries. And that's really what I want you to think about today. And unless you are old school, don't have a smartphone, don't have apps on it, don't watch Netflix, don't turn on your TV, don't have a computer that you log into regularly, like you might tune out for today on boundaries because you already have them set up because you just don't have it. But even you might benefit from today's message because there are people in your life who you love, who are souls that are precious to God. And I want to convince you and remind you that God did not just redeem us soul, but God redeemed us body and soul. He made us body and soul. He he gave us the beautiful gift of our body to to use to his glory. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, whether you're eating or drinking, a bad week to use that verse in Thanksgiving week, right? Do it all to the glory of God. I enjoyed a lot of food this week. To God be praised, right? Like this too, phone. And so the good things that can come from it, the blessings that can be found through it, the the bad that can happen from it require boundaries in our life. Because you heard this before, the Apostle Paul said, uh, in his words that he speaks to us, we'll go back into the sermon. You can advance it through it. There you go. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. Like, it's so easy to get mastered by this thing. A few Fridays ago, when I went on date day with my wife for lunch, and I got about a block away from my house, and I I started doing this. 
searching all over, and I'm like, I left my phone, and she said, do you want to go back? If I can't put it down, if I spend that much time on it, it, it's not a bad thing. Nothing really horrible is happening on it. Like, Candy Crush is not Satan himself, but it might be keeping me away from other good things, godly things, godly opportunities. And I don't want to be mastered by anything, even things that are in the gray. Which is why I want to make a compelling case to you with three words from the Proverbs and some fill in the blanks and then set you up with some just ideas, some food for thought, some steps to maybe take to create some boundaries with this good thing so that you don't become mastered by it. Because here's what the Proverbs say, these words of wisdom from Solomon, who was the wisest man who ever lived. The wisdom of the prudent is to give thought to their ways. Like, and how much time have you given thought to your ways on how you use this thing? Like, I know you know, like Pastor Bill talked about last week, there are some really bad things you can do with this thing. Don't do it. There are a lot of other things that are neither right or wrong, good or bad in of themselves, but might not be wise and beneficial. And the folly of fools is deception. Like, if you've convinced yourself that this is not bad in any way, that, that no boundaries are okay, you might be missing out on some amazing blessings that God would long for you to have. Because here's the truth. If souls are at stake, like you and me, our relationship with God, our relationship with others, the body and soul that God redeemed, the, the person that we are, if souls are at stake, boundaries might be wise. And for those of you who weren't here, and maybe for some of you who still aren't sure, can I give you some earthly, worldly reasons why they might be wise? Like, this isn't Pastor Tim and the church being fanatical about everything that's new or technology-based. Like, these are studies by others. And I don't want to minimize this for you. Here's the why on why it might be wise. There was a study that was done of, of 2,500 teens over two years. And these 2,500 teens had no pre-existing ADHD conditions. Like, some people have ADHD. They wrestle with it. They struggle with it. I get it. But these are, are teenagers who don't have it, haven't been diagnosed with it. They studied them for two years. And the basis of what they wanted to look at in the study, well, it's not all-inclusive. They, they, they looked at 14 different platforms on this, from gaming to social media to to texting, to FaceTime, to anything and everything. And, and the ones who, who utilized it, many times per day, at least half of the platforms were twice, two years later, were more than twice as likely to develop ADHD symptoms. Is it wise to not have a boundary? Or how about all of you who are adults? Like here's what a 2020 study said about this thing and, and the use of it, it changes your cognition. In a 2020 study, people found that those who've been diagnosed with smartphone addiction, like the people who can't function without it, it modifies your mood, you have withdrawal when it's not there, when you lose it, you, you lose it. Like people who have an addiction, there is such a thing. They found that you have problems with part of your brain responsible for transmitting messages and leads to poor cognitive performance. Like, that's your function in work and life. That takes a hit by every 
minute on here. Or how about this? Did you know that by the year 2023, the World Health Organization has projected that depression will be the leading cause of disease burden? Like depression is going to lead to more diseases. It's going to be the highest thing that causes disease burden in our world in eight years. Their study then looked at things that are causing depression, and and they examined screen time. And, And here's what the finding of this World Health Organization study says. It suggests that screen time is a significant risk factor or marker of mental disorders among U.S. adults. Since this is the case, interventions should be targeted towards the prevention of these kinds of risk factors. I don't want to minimize anxiety and depression. There are people who, who deal with it and wrestle it on a daily basis, and it has nothing to do with this. Nothing. And there are amazing doctors, amazing people that can be blessings to their souls, as this can be the word of God. But for some people, it's going to this can lead you there. Which means that might be true. It might be wise. And I didn't even get into the spiritual. Like spiritually, like I don't think I I need to reinforce what the world has reinforced about texting and driving and, and being concerned about the lives of others. Nine people per day die because of texting and driving. Thousands are hurt. Might need a boundary. And then what about the creatures God made us to be to be a blessing to others? There was a study that was done over 20 years of time. They've looked back at people who are a part of the technology age. They haven't lived. They're a technology native, so to speak. Their whole life has been technology, like they've had these things, they've seen these things. They studied college kids for 20 years, 40% 40% decrease in empathy. And they attributed to people don't do this. Like you can't relate to other people, understand their life, their issues, their hurt, their pain. Empathy goes down because you have withdrawn from relationships. And all those things tell me, God would say, that's not good for your soul the who he made you to be, body and soul. The godly callings he's blessed your life with as a husband or a wife, as a parent or a child, as a grandparent or a grandchild, as a a co-worker, as a colleague. Like God designed you in advance and created you with good works to do. And sometimes even the good things you can do on here keep you from things that are good and better. So I think boundaries might be wise because God tells us this. I've read it before in the proverb. Guard your heart. Like when you want to guard something, you put a boundary around it. Like I'm not going to tell you in my list of things that everything and anything is going to be your cup of tea or we're going to do it the same, but, but what can you do to guard your heart, your soul? From this becoming a master, from this maybe becoming an idol, from from this becoming a distraction to other godly good callings that you have that might lead to to a lack of resiliency emotionally or spiritually or physically. All those stats do not lie. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways, the Bible says. Like the man who asked for a double portion of wisdom 
was inspired by God to share that wisdom. And he probably would tell you that he didn't really live it in his life. Like Solomon didn't put any boundaries around his indulgement, indulgement with things and possessions and, and women, and it, it affected his soul. And so this thing, I believe, can do the same thing. So if all those whys, God's word, and the literal stats speak to your heart today, then would you consider setting some boundaries? Like, by definition, here's what I'm working with. Like, personal rules that guard you from potential danger. Like, it might be relational danger. It might be spiritual danger. It might be emotional danger. We all need boundaries. Like, in everything, we need boundaries. <laughs> like, I need emotional boundaries in relationships. I need emotional, I mean, physical boundaries in my life for, for things that are good or bad. I, I need spiritual boundaries to help guard my heart. These are personal rules that help you, that guard you from potential danger, spiritually, physically, and emotionally, relationally. Because the danger is real. It might only be here on earth, but it could be for the future. What personal rules might you consider to help guard you from potential danger when it regards the screens? And so in the boundaries, I want to give you a big idea to really think about when you think about that definition. Where I want to go with my tips for today is this. Don't be legalistic. Like you can go to the ADA, the American Health Heart Association, the, the WHO, the World Health Organization. You can go to the psychiatrics uh, and, and all the specialists from emotional resilience. They can give you numbers and details, try and pin you into a very narrow box. I'm not going to do that. You can find that. Age bracket-wise, most experts would tell you, under age two, try and avoid it at all possible, but no more than an hour, two to five, about an hour, five to 18, you got to figure it out, but kids need sleep and they need physical activity. It's good for their heart not to just be on their screen. For adults, there, there's numbers and guidelines, but I don't want to be legalistic. I don't know your life. You don't know mine. I don't know what you use technology for and how you leverage it. I want to be realistic, but not legalistic. We need to be realistic. Like Pastor Tim, honestly, like no offense, five some odd hours a day on just this screen. That doesn't count the ones at my house. The computer that I opened does not seem so good or wise. Be realistic. If that speaks to your heart, that allows you to, to see what God longs for you to be blessed spiritually, for body and soul, to be all that he's called you to be. And I got some words of advice to, to pursue. Another passage from Proverbs. The highway followed by upright people, godly people, spiritually inclined people, turns away from evil, the bad, and the person who guards his way preserves his life. This will be a blessing. Boundaries on screens are blessings for souls. The body and soul that you are, the unique individual God created you to be, the child that he loves and longs to bless this side of heaven and with eternity, with him in heaven. So I, I need to get practical with you today. Like if, if you agree all those whys 
convinced you, if the reminder from God and his word convinced you that this seems wise, then maybe consider one of these six things as a next step for you in your life in regards to screens because God wants to bless your soul. And the first one I would tell you, like every expert would say, there are some of these guidelines, suggestions that are personal, that are going to change within your home and your dynamic and your life, but some are non-negotiable. Like some are time-based, some are emotional focused, some are spiritually focused and inclined, but this one above all of them is non-negotiable, scripture before screens. Like if this gets your first glance and covers all the time early in the morning and God doesn't even get a look, you might have an issue for your soul. If you love to use your version Bible app and you love your phone to do your spiritual work, but every notification and every ding distracts you every time, put the phone in a drawer, do it the old-fashioned way and open up the book and start reading about Jesus. Like the book still works. And you'll be blessed. Scripture before screens. Like, I, I, I'm guessing this side of heaven in the technological age that we live in, the amount of time that, even if I cut it in half per day, this is going to get more of my time than, than my devotion life gets, which is kind of very sad. But that could be a novel goal to try and get them more in line. In your home. Like, think about the devotion time you have with your kids, scripture before screens. And then, when you make that non-negotiable, if we can agree to that, maybe some of these practical ones will, will help bless you in setting boundaries that will be good for you. The first one is this, track your time. Like, it's not taboo to talk about emotional health anymore in our world, or even in church circles sometimes. But it would be very taboo of me to, to tell you, you need to monitor your, your screen time and, and call you out for it, right? Like, that's my life. That's my choice. <laughs> your emotional health is at risk. Your relationships are at risk. So track your time. Like, you know why this is the first time I've actually opened the app and looked at all the numbers? Like, how many hours I crushed it, how many hours I was sports following, how many hours I was on social media? I didn't want to know before. Like, it's pretty cool to brag about what level I'm on. It's not cool to brag about how much time I spend. Just think about that. That's seven hours that someone else in my life could have gotten a benefit from. My wife, you guys, for me reading something else other than playing some crazy game that moves candy around. Track your time. See where your weak spot is. What area do you need to put some boundaries on? Because when you track your time, you'll be able to, to figure it out and see and set some godly goals in areas where experts won't uh, tell you are good to be too much. In the midst of those things, remember this, direction, not perfection. Like there are some things where God says, this is wrong, this is bad, don't do it, that you need to stop cold turkey. Like sinful things, ungodly things, screens are not that. I'm not encouraging this cold turkey, give it all up. Maybe you can, try it for a week, see what happens, give up your favorite game, don't do it, like spend one less hour on Netflix. But can you strive for direction? It's not a matter of perfection. 
like boundaries that can guard your heart and bless your, your soul and your spiritual life and relationship with God, direction is a great starting place. That's what I did this morning. Like I actually put a few boundaries by using this great device that has all sorts of things you can leverage. And it, I mean, I can override it, but it can shut me down from social media use after 30 minutes per day. That it can shut me down from the gaming after 30 minutes per day as opposed to seven hours a week. Direction. Not perfection. It's a gray area. I'm not going to want to say more than God says. And then, consider these last three. Limit your social. Like most of the experts would tell you that social media, for all the good that it has, brings a whole lot of bad. It instigates fights which aren't godly. It causes you to say things that aren't good. It, it, it causes emotional reactions that aren't good for, for so many people, for young people who unfortunately look at what they see on there and think it's real life and it affects their heart and relationships. Like, just limit it. I'm not saying don't do it. Most experts would say about 30 minutes a day is that dividing line on social media that if you go be, past and beyond, it will affect your emotional wellness. So just limit it. Parents, think about this when you put this in the hands of your 12-year-old. Like, how much of that can be a good thing? What boundaries do you want to have as they use this? Limit your social, and then have some screen-free spaces. Like, I think I'm going to institute a new rule. Remember what I told you before about driving on date day with my wife to our favorite restaurant? I didn't turn around. And almost the whole time we were sitting there, me and her at Draft, one of our favorite restaurants at the bar, because no one's there at 11. We love going at 11 o'clock. I searched for it like at least five times. And I'm like, I'm here with my wife enjoying a good meal. Like maybe Friday at date day lunch, I can just leave the phone behind. If something so drastic happens in your life on Friday from 11 to 12 o'clock and I don't pick up my phone, you'll know it's why I left it behind. I'm going to try and do that every time we go to lunch because I think it might be good to just have a screen-free space every once in a while. Maybe it's mealtime in your house. Put them in a drawer. Don't have them out. I'm not even going to get into bathroom and hygiene and why you should never take it in there. Like, maybe it's your bedroom and at night and don't give me this whole alarm clock stuff. I use it for an alarm clock. You know that every old cell phone that you own can get hooked up to your Wi-Fi and still be used as an alarm clock? Put this one in a different place and use that one so you're not distracted. And then leverage technology for just time off. Do not disturb. Like set up your messages when you're on vacation. Have your do not disturb notification on. Like you can do this and use all of this to bless your soul and have good boundaries. And I don't know what resonates with you on that list. I'm not asking you to, to, to do all of them perfectly, but direction and scripture before screens I think would be a great place for all of us to start for our souls. Because you know why that's so important? No matter what it is, a screen or anything else in this world, your soul matters to God. Like today is so, so practical and so, so 
life application that I, I think I need you to leave, leave you with at least this reminder. Like so often we fix our eyes on screens and they can consume us and get the best of us. But can I urge you why we did this series? Your soul. Don't ever, ever forget this can be a blessing, this can be bad, and there's a reason for boundaries. But fix your eyes on, on what is unseen and fix your eyes on Jesus. We use a lot of technology in here. There's screens over there, there's stuff back there, there's a whole lot going on up there, but right there in the middle is the ever-present reminder of, of your Savior who loves you body and soul and longs to spend eternity with you body and soul by his side forever. Which is why boundaries might be good when we think about screens, celebrating that he thought about what we needed for our soul. Can we pray? Heavenly Father, like we need to be honest and transparent, and, and that's why boundaries are, are probably good when it comes to screens for our souls, for our relationship with others, to be all that we can be, to, to give glory and honor to you in everything we do, whether we eat or drink, what we view and how we use it. Can we glorify you? Can we do the works of service you designed us to do? Can we celebrate the godly callings you've given to us? So I don't, I don't know what resonates with everybody here, but I know it's wise to wrestle with it for us. Because you tell us, above all else, guard our hearts. So that I pray that's what we do as a church, as individuals. And that we consider things we need to do to help guard our heart, strengthen our relationship with you, the one who saved our souls.